The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more save on select steel battery tools right now save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set real steel find yours at steeldealers.com with AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is v Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting network. We begin hour number two of Big Bets here on Visa and Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at South Point Casino and Hotel. Amal, we already have NHL underway for the day. So without further ado, let's bring in our guy, Jonathan Davis, host of Ice Cap on Sirius XM Channel 91, host of Show Me the Money Hockey Betting Podcast as well. Jonathan, great to have you back on. By the way, do you like these early starts here? Uh, for us, it's still early as we just hit noon here uh, in Pacific time zone. Uh, what do you make these early starts on a Monday here on President's Day? Guys, do we ever shy away from an early start in any sport? I mean, come on. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> Never. And the Bruins love him. I mean, I know they're in a struggle right now with with Ottawa, just up two to one. But they they have just crushed opponents in day games. Mm. So yeah. we get that right. Two to one right now in the second intermission over Ottawa. And right now, Anaheim all knotted up with the Panthers uh, at two goals apiece. By the way, uh, Jonathan, are you an in-game hockey guy, too? Like, do you look at it and go, all right. They get off this sluggish start here because I know Maul does this very well. College basketball, for instance. Is, do you look at it the same way in hockey? I do, but mostly for for playing, you know, uh, uh, period totals over. Oh. Uh, that that's really because you know it, outside of the first period, if you try to play pre flop, you know, a second period or a third period over, it's just too high a price. So you, I, I wait till you know I'll wait, you know, and I'll play like the Bruins and Senators third period over. Ottawa's gone. I think it's now eight straight third period over one and a half. So I'll wait for that line. Hopefully, I'll have a chance to to take advantage of it. 
Yeah, and to your point yesterday, four goals scored between them and the Blues. I mean, they put up a touchdown yesterday against St. Louis. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, I want to ask you real quickly about a team that's doing well out west, which is the Kings, but I'm a little bit concerned that Jonathan Quick is now Jonathan Slow. Yesterday, or on Saturday, they had a 5-1 lead against the Coyotes. Next thing I know, I I'm telling you, J.D., I thought the game was over. Just kind of had it on in the background. I see 5-5. I'm like, what what's going on here? Copley, obviously, has been a guy who's been solid for them. Tell me how you kind of evaluate this Kings team. Part of the, I'm biased because Anze Kopitar is one of my favorite players, so that's why I'm asking you about the Kings. Yeah, I mean, look, Jonathan Quick has been just not very good, to say the least. He's given up you know, at least one bad goal in every game. Uh, you know, the thing with L.A., early on in the season, Todd McClellan, their coach, said that, you know, he goes, we don't know what type of team we want to be. And I think that over the last six to eight weeks, They've learned what type, they understand their limitations and they, when they play within their limitations, they're very good. Uh, they make life very easy on goalie Phoenix Copley. There's one stat that stands out to me is that no goalie has a greater percentage of block shots in front of him. The amount of games that Phoenix Copley has played than Phoenix Copley. <laughs> That's a good, great way to put it right there. Uh, Jonathan, looking at some of the action that we're going to get later on today, and we're kind of going streaking a little bit with Seattle right now. The Kraken have been on fire, and conversely, San Jose has been really struggling. I see they're, what, about a minus fifty-five favorite here on the road at San Jose. What do you make of this one today? Well, Seattle has done really well against the Sharks over their brief history. I mean, they've won four of the five meetings. They beat them 8-5 earlier this year in Seattle. That's the only game of the five that they've played against the, the Sharks that's actually gone over. Seattle's the better team. The Sharks are likely going to be without their star player, Timo Meyer. Uh, I think there's value definitely still on, on, on the uh, uh, Seattle Kraken, who have struggled this year as a road favorite. I think they're only 3-2 in, the, in their five games. But they are the better team. They're playing really well right now, and they're also scoring. I, I think, you know, another way to look at this game is to take a look at their team total at over three and a half. I think, you know, Seattle has hit that, I think, in four straight, and the Sharks have been kind of leaking goals. They don't score many lately, but they are giving up four with greater propensity. I think 80% of their games this year, by the way, the Sharks have lost this year. They've given up four goals. Yeah, this team defensively has been an absolute sieve. I mean, they, they just can't seem to stop a beach ball at times. I want to ask you about a matchup, and I think last week we talked about this when you were on. Uh, Jets taking on the Rangers tonight. It feels like a rare timeout for Hellebuck here. David Riddick in net tonight uh, going against Igor Shosturkin. Shosturkin really starting to play well. He's won five out of his last six. One of those losses coming in overtime. Tonight the Rangers are minus 180. Jets are plus 160, total of six. Don't know if you have an opinion on this game, but kind of talk to me a little bit about how you see the Rangers' big picture out east because, to me, Look, Boston, I get if they're your team to beat, but I still think Tampa, the Rangers, are the two teams you got to pay attention to. I know you're not on board with me on Carolina, but I'm a Brindamore guy. I still like that team, and I think you make a fair point with the lack of goaltending with them, though. Well, and you have to like what Toronto did over the weekend with the Ryan O'Reilly trade. But, yeah. you know, look, I've got I've got the Rangers at 18-1 to 1 to win the Cup. I, I really like this team a lot. Uh, it, it's going to be a, a good, I, I, you know, a good game tonight. These two teams... You know, it's a tough one for me to handicap from a standpoint of the side because, you know, the Rangers are, are hot. They, you know, they did lose that game to Calgary over the weekend, three to two in overtime. I hate playing a team on their first game back from an extended road trip. Yep. So that's why I would stay off the side. 
the Jets have been an under machine. And so for me, that's the play here. These two teams have played four straight unders. The Jets in their last eight games have played six unders and they pushed the total twice. So for me, I, I like under six in this one. And even though it's David Riddick, guys, you know, the Jets have continued to play unders with David Riddick and goal. You're absolutely right. And by the way, Jonathan brought up a great point. I don't want people to miss this. This is such a great, great point from a betting standpoint. These extended road trips is not just the NHL, the NBA as well, mm -hmm. Major League Baseball. The first game back, generally speaking, teams tend to struggle a little bit more. And he's right. You know, they played this game Saturday night in Alberta. They lose the game to the Flames in overtime. Now, yes, you did have Sunday off, but still not an easy turnaround here playing at home against the Jets. I love that point, gentlemen. It's a great way to handicap it, too. When you look at the Isles and the Pens today here, Jonathan, what's interesting here is, I'm seeing the Pens here as the about a dollar betting, dollar fifty betting favorite here against the Isles, but the Isles have had success so far in their meetings against Pittsburgh. Here, is this correctly lined in your estimation, knowing what the Isles have been able to get done already against the Pens this season? Well, Vegas knows more than I do, so <laughs> I, I, but I'm still surprised. I, I will say, you know, look, the Islanders have, have won both meetings. They had that crushing defeat for for Pittsburgh, a crushing defeat Friday night when the Islanders, you know, rallied down twice from two goals and then you know, scored the game winner, you know, with like about two minutes to play. So they scored, they beat them 5-1 and 5-4 this year. Now, no Matt Barzell for the Islanders. He got hurt Saturday against Boston. So that is a significant loss. But I think this Islanders team is still deep enough. They have the better goalie. Pittsburgh, to me, guys, is a bit of a mess. Uh, I, I, I'm going to look at playing the team total at over two and a half. I mean, the Islanders have scored at least three goals in four straight versus the Penguins. It's only at about a buck 30, minus 130. I think it's a really safe play for a Penguins team that's given up at least three goals in four of their last five games. Yeah, you mentioned Matthew Barzell. I like him a lot in terms of what he's able to do for this team offensively. That's, that is a bit of a loss here. Uh, you know, two teams that we haven't talked a ton about, maybe you have on your show, but to our detriment, we haven't talked about. Colorado was decimated by injuries this year. Landis Skog, McKinnon both being out, that hurt this team. They're starting to seem like find themselves. They had the come from behind win against Edmonton, a great win the other day. And then Tampa as well. I'm a huge John Cooper guy. I think he is, now that Popovich isn't quite what he used to be with the Spurs, I have Coop as being the best coach across all four sports. Wow. The guy understands how to manage personalities. He understands the dynamic of his team. Mm -hmm. They just win. That's all they do. Yeah, I mean, he lets the guys run that room, you know, to a certain degree, but probably gives that, that room greater latitude than most coaches do. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Definitely on board with John Cooper. And in the case of Colorado, hey, good news for Avs. Gabe Landeskog was out skating today for the Avalanche. So, you know, that means he's closer to his return. And, yeah, watch out for them, you know, when he does come back. I have, have to believe that, you know, that they will try to add to this team because you have to remember – for Colorado, Nathan McKinnon's contract, big contract, kicks in next season. So, you know, the, the cap space is going to be even less. So I, I, I do like what's going on. I, I do like what's going on in Colorado. That was a great comeback. And and for the Oilers, if you're an Oilers fan, man, you, you've got to really be struggling. I think it's, you know, they've lost five straight games that have gone past 60 have the Oilers. And they've blown uh, three goal leads in back-to-back -back games. It's It's been real tough. Just one thing on the in-game, guys. I wish I had the... the the nuts to bet in game on the Rangers against Edmonton when it was when they were down four one it was I think it was a plus eight fifty I saw Ooh. some guy bet 
like 1200 or 800 bucks in wow. one like 12 grand or something wow uh, that that is a great bet by the way you know jonathan's a pro i didn't even ask him a question i just made a, a comment because i like john cooper <laughs> and he still answered it <laughs> he's still nailing uh one of the game here you know, look at, at big numbers here and what a great win that was uh for the rangers to come back and win that one uh that they're still yet to, to to get on the ice tonight that's philadelphia going out west to take on calgary and you look at calgary a massive favorite in this one about i'm seeing 245 here and I know uh, some people want to throw these in on, on parlays. Jonathan, how do you look at when you see a mismatch, at least on paper, like this one appears to be? Do you look to the puck line here if you want to play the, the big favorite here? Because at that price, it's plus five if you like Calgary in the puck line. Well, for many teams, I would definitely look to playing the puck line. In the case of Calgary, they scared the bejesus out of me. I can't trust them. <laughs> I don't know what they've got. So for me, guys, this is the instant gratification game. Uh, you know, the Chris Otto and Ian Duncan, follow those guys on Twitter. They do a great job at, at tracking goals in the first 10 and those uh, period total, total overs. Uh, the Pittsburgh, where is it? Calgary's on a 31-11 and 11 run. A goal in the first 10, yes. Wow. And the Flyers on the road, 10 of their last, their last 14 games has seen a goal in the first 10. So for me, you know, it's at, a, it's at minus 170, but that's the only way I'll, I'll play this game. I just don't trust the Calgary Flames, and, and Philadelphia plays hard enough that they can make life miserable. Do you, do you think Daryl Sutter's message has kind of started to fall on deaf ears a little bit at this point in time? I know they lost Johnny Hockey this offseason, mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, it just feels like the talent is there, but they just can't seem to put it together. Well, I think he. I think yes, they may have. He is his, the patience may have run thin, guys. And I know we're short on time. I'm questioning the talent. Look, they're riding their their horse on Jonathan Huberdeau. To me, he's a complimentary player. He's not a guy that's taking you to the promised land. All right, Jonathan, great information as always. Check him out, host of the Ice Cap on Sirius XM Channel 91. Enjoy the holiday puck, Jonathan. We'll catch up again soon. All right, take care, guys. Thanks Thank for you having very much. Me. Great stuff. And again, check him out on Twitter as well at West Coast Hockey. You just got to get rid of the O and the C and the E in hockey. But you can find them still there on Twitter. All right, when we come back, let's do a little playoff talk in the NBA. Who we think might be live and who we think might be dead in the waters to make it to the second season. Come on back. It is Big Bets here on VC. Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back here on Big Bets, and sometimes I wish we had the the uh, the off-air things mic'd, what we say during the uh, break. Right. Are, we, tr plus are plus. we trying to get fired? Did you look at the Visa Plus Plus subscription? We're working on it, Dave. Are, are well, you, we, I'm we, not looking to get fired. <laughs> no, no, we were just talking a little golf, and like, you know, Max Toma, we talked about this That's in our one. Number and, like, how emotional he was, and the crowd was really pro-Max Homa this weekend at, at the Genesis. And he made the point in the post-match post, post -match interview of, like, hey, I, I really appreciate the applause, but be nicer to John Rahm. He's like, if you're going to boo, like, I get it at the Phoenix Open, but not here. And I was like, wow, are they really getting on Romer? Has Romer become a guy now, at least in the betting community, that we're rooting against? Because it's all over social media. Because like, man, I wish John Rahm would go away. I'm guilty of it, too. It's not a personal thing. It's a betting thing. Like, this guy now has gotten to the point where he's so good that people root against him because he's winning too much. We love to build guys up and then tear them down. That's what we like to do. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but let's, let's not overreact. He's had a nice two months. I mean, he played well last year at the end, but we're acting like this guy's all of a sudden – 
destroying the tour. It reminds me of when um, he's not just destroying the tour, is what you're saying. Yeah, well, it reminds Plus, me. Plus, he's of, also been really good for a long time. And he's it's not like, like he's really, coming out of nowhere. You know? And he's a likable guy, right? Because he he runs hot. Rama runs hot. That Spanish blood, you see it, man. He wears it on his sleeve, and sometimes the emotions get the best of him. I like guys like that. Uh, as do I. Uh, it reminds me of when Nick Price goes. So I think IMG represented Tiger, and they were talking about how uh, he goes, you know, maybe Tiger should get some of the TV money. And Nick Price goes, did uh, Jack, Nick, did I, or Jack or Arnie, uh, uh, Arnold Palmer get mm-hmm. it? He goes, did I? He's like, dude. Nobody could pick you out of a police lineup, but you're the only one standing in it. Nikki Price used to are, be are you number kidding? one in the Did world. He, just he used to be pick- number one in the world. Yeah, there's different number ones, right? Like, you sit there and you look in certain sports, and I go, like, to me, thank, thankfully, uh, Stefano Sitsipas didn't get to number one because I'm like, he doesn't deserve to be number one. You don't deserve to be in the conversation with Joker, Alcarez, Medvedev, Rafa, Roger, and those guys. No, you don't. You're not that good. Before, before Tiger had his incredible run of being number one for like a decade, mm-hmm. can you tell me who the last number one golfer in the world was pre-Tiger Woods? And I'll give you a hint. Phil Mickelson never made it to number one. As great as Phil Mickelson is, you can make the argument the second greatest golfer of this generation in the Tiger era. I think that's fair to say. Can anybody here, anybody tell me who was the last number one? Because it's to your point of like Nick Price being number one. It was David Duvall. Oh, yeah. David Duvall. It was, was a, it was a legendary rivalry between those two. Come on, Dave. It lasted all of, like, what, 16 months? That was supposed <laughs> to be a rivalry. It was supposed to be a rivalry, me, and then Tiger became Tiger. Well, let me ask you this question, okay? I'm biased towards Spieth because he's the Dallas guy. Yeah. He was great coming out, right? Like, you looked Three at him. Three-time major champion. Already. And and what happens to these guys? Is it that they've just had so much money and the drive kind of dissipates? Because you see, Towers and I, Josh and I talk about this all the time in baseball. Josh, I love what Josh always says. Well, he got paid. How's he going to perform, right? Like when the guy's going into free agency, he has an Aaron Judge type of year. But then after he gets paid, he's like, eh, you know what? I don't need to take extra BP. I'll show up just at uh, time for first pitch kind of thing. What a great question. And, and again, this is, I please do not want this to be construed as slander against a guy like Jordan Spieth, the three-time major champion. But I always kid my buddy Tyler Fulgham over at ESPN because he's a big Spieth, Jordy guy. And I always say the, the career comparison I'm making with Spieth already is a guy that Patrick Harrington, who won three majors. When Tiger, if you remember, when Tiger had the, the broken leg and he won the U.S. Open, then he went through that little drought and he was away from the game. Patrick Harrington stepped in and won three majors. Bam! We're talking about it, in that quick span. And then came Patrick Harrington again, yeah. right? Yeah. I see that with Spieth, and I've said it for years, if anybody that knows me well enough in the golf talk, that's the way I see Jordan Spieth. And this is not a knock on Spieth, but the talent – on the PGA Tour and in the world of golf now with Liv, got those Liv guys too. It's so immense, Amal, yeah. that I think some of these guys we're talking about historically cannot sustain it. They're, they're just not supremely talented in the in the gaze of a, of a John Rahm, who it, is supremely yeah. talented. In the diff, we always talk about this with different sports, right? It's comparing it's comparing players in different eras, right? And, and I don't know, I've never really thought about it that way before, Dave. But you're right, like Spieth. Spieth really came out and won when oh. a lot of these guys that we're talking about now were still coming up, right? I mean, people got to remember how young Jordan Spieth was when he was winning those First majors. on the scene. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of those guys like Justin Thomas and stuff were still working their way up. So, I, it, it's you're right. It's just it's a different it's a different scene on the PGA Tour now. It's a, it's a different scene two years ago. 
uh, even, but it was, you know, it was far different even when he was play, playing at that level. It wasn't that long ago. No question. And again, like Justin Thomas won a major last year, so he's got two majors now, right? We talk about Brooks Kepka. Kelly got a great number, 99 to 1. I think that's, I mean, I can't wait to run to the window to, and play that after the show because to me, a four time major champion like Brooks Kepka, and people always ask me about Speeth. And you see, if you follow me on social media, go ahead if you want. I say, I cannot bet Jordan Speeth right now. Forget about a major. It's hard for me to do it at a regular tournament to close out. So, like, I think he's going to win again. Jordan Spieth is going to win again. Is he going to win another major ever? Like, to me, I'd like to see what the book would say. And I know Father Time is still on his side. The the world of golf has changed, man, in the years since he's already won it. And there's just – there's so much talent that, yeah, everything could click for Jordan Spieth to win at Augusta, right? He's done it before. But, like – is it a certainty? No. It's not a certainty that he ever wins another major. I just think, right, he won, what, Augusta and the U.S. Open at the age of 21. I mean, he's a kid. Yeah, and so, you know, that's why I always respected Kobe Bryant so much because, and even LeBron, I, you know, I'm not the biggest LeBron fan there is, but I respect the fact that this guy has exceeded expectations and had such a phenomenal career coming in with all the hype. Spieth wins at 21, He win, and then he wins again a couple years later. But And he won it at the, the British Open. Yeah. He's got three, and he's one more. 2017. Come. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Complete, 2017. Y'all, it's 2023. Like, it, it, bam, blink of an eye, six years of passed. It's not that Kelly, long. Yeah. Kelly, Kelly, he got the year right. It didn't involve the time zone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, at the time that he won that British Open, I have no idea what time of day it was <laughs> when he won overseas. But I know the year. But, like, but it is amazing how you blink in golf terms because – there's only four a year. That's it. And all of a sudden, bam, years start to pass. Look, Rory McIlroy has not won a major since 2014. Ooh, almost a decade? Think This is currently, with John Rahm, a guy we put on the shortest list of best golfer in the world, yep. and it's been a, almost a decade. That's how hard it is to go. Well, the, it's a lock. When people say, it's a lock, this guy's going to win X number of majors. I'm like, real? Have you watched the game of golf? This thing is hard, people. I, it I, is hard to lock down one of those four every year. I don't disagree with that. I think when you look at Jordan and you, Michael Jordan and you look at Tiger Woods, I thought they were the two guys that defeated their opponents before they either pl- played on the court or t- uh, teed off. Yeah. But to me, when you look at Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy, these guys are immense talents who won majors before their 23rd birthdays. They were right? Kids. They were that great. They were that great. Um, and you know, Rory's probably the most famous person in Northern Ireland, yeah. if you think about it. Um, but I'm just surprised with the talent that they have. You know, he lives in Jupiter, for people that are unfamiliar, extremely wealthy area. I, I feel like sometimes you you get comfortable. And I'm not saying that as criticism. My God, hell, I wouldn't even be on the tour. I would show up for the <laughs> Phoenix Open. I wouldn't go to Augusta because it's out of the way. I would go to, like, you know, I'd be at Riv. I'd be in Vegas the rest of the time. Yeah, don't worry. Rory's skipping uh, Rory's skipping the event that's 15 minutes down the road from him this week in the Honda Classic. The, the, so, yeah. There you go. He <laughs> understands. Well, whoa, whoa. well, first of all, where is the tournament this weekend? Honda Classic. Palm Beach Gardens. It's sad. It's getting sad. The schedule Dude, there's traffic here. on 95, buddy. I'm not <laughs> dealing with that. Well, see, that's why I look at a guy like John Rahman, and we're saying this in the gambling parlance here, like, oh, he's ruining ruining golf betting-wise, right? Because he's winning so often. But see, Rahm is a grounded guy now. He is married. He does have kids. And it's the old – it was something that Jack Nicholas was asked when Tiger was, was coming up, and Tiger was winning majors. And they asked Jack, can he beat your record? 
of 18. He goes, yeah, I can't do the jackpot. Yeah, he can do it. He's like, but wait till he gets married and <laughs> has good. kids. Yeah. That, that was like Jack's mentality was the golf game. Nobody's questioning the ability of Tiger. Wait till he's a family. And what potentially derailed Tiger Woods? Potentially stuff that had nothing to do with golf. Pimping ain't easy. He said it for a long time. <laughs> you know, we talked about it during the commercial break. Anthony Kim, for the don't, that don't know Anthony Kim and don't know who he is. Oh, boy, I just found some stories on him, too. Anthony Kim was a guy that Tiger, we're talking about talent with Jordan Spieth and Phil Mickelson, prodigies and all these. Anthony Kim was that guy that Tiger knew at an early age had as much natural, God-given ability as any golfer in the sport. And nobody knows who Anthony Kim is. He had a thumb injury. He took a big settlement with the PGA Tour insurance policy, and he lived. He lived as a young man outside the ropes. Oh, for my 2010 Bleacher Report article, a dealer at the Bellagio had dubbed him, dubbed Kim a, quote, loose cannon due to his wild partying and betting behavior. He would buy 115 bottles a night in the club D, uh, DJ Exodus saying he bought 115 bottles a night in the club when he was out. Now, that's a guy that was affected by fame. And by the way, 115 bottles. I want to party. And then topped with, it off with a 25K bottle of Dom. I want to party with AK. With Which Anthony he showered King. the dance floor with. Yeah, first of all, <laughs> for people that don't know who haven't been to the Vegas nightclubs, you're not paying for the bottles, you're paying for the real estate. Right? Like, that's the first thing. <laughs> that might have been my favorite conversation we've ever had on the show. Kelly, great work. <laughs> Come on back. More big bets next on PC. <laughs> VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSIN betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where experts break down brackets, best bets, and daily props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VSIN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. I swear we're going to get to the NBA yes, no for the playoffs. But I, I do. we were just talking about golf in the last segment. I love the conversation, like betting John Rahm now and, and certain guys now the tour has changed even in six, seven years from the Jordan Spieth era already. It feels like a different era. We mentioned off camera, you're like, these guys want to win. Like there's, there's a, yeah. these guys are really out there grinding to try to win these tournaments in tennis. That's what I thought made the big three of Nadal, Joker, uh, and certainly Roger Federer, the big three. Because, look, I want you to live your life and have a life, however that looks to you. But those guys wanted to win. And, and it's what makes Joker so great is that he wanted to beat Nadal. He wanted to beat Fed. It wasn't like, I want to be in your level. It was like, I want to be better than you. Do you see that in any of the young guns, like, like an Alcaraz, who I know won over the weekend in his return? Is tennis going to be like that, that we're seeing in golf? Because Rom feels like a guy that's picking up pieces of the post-Tiger era. Are we getting that now in tennis as well? Al Alcaraz is the one guy. He wants to win. He really competes. I mean, I remember I saw him a few years ago in a tournament on a clay court, and I go, this guy is going to be an absolute beast. And he's emerged into that guy. Coming off injury, once he's back healthy, we'll see how he's able to. I, think, I don't think he's going to be able to put together the type of run Rafa did at the okay. French. But... And, and he's a great player. Not taking anything away from him. I just don't think he'll ever get to that level from a talent standpoint. Rafa's the greatest competitor I've ever seen. That includes Jordan. Rafa plays every point like it's life or death. So who's winning the French? If you, if I told you right now, Nadal Alcaraz final, 
if the draw came out that way? Who would you bet? And I, I wonder what the price tag would be on that. God, that's a great question, Dave. Because um, I want to see that match. I want that one. Probably a decent chance you will. Uh, there is, exactly. you got to put them on opposite ends, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both plus 150 to win the tournament. But I'm going to go with Novak because I'm a little bit biased. And to win the French? Dude, you, I don't think you fully appreciate, wait, 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 wait. like tennis fans, the You're greatness of Novak. You're taking Novak on the, on the clay over Alcaraz or Nadal. He's already won this thing twice, and he blew the one against Stan Wawrinka. By the way, speaking of which, Novak, you owe me money for that from 2015. Um, <laughs> I had him to win the tournament. I'm like, this is the year. He's going to get the career grand slam, and he was a 6-1 to one favorite. And like an idiot, back then I didn't hedge it. Like today I would do that in one sure. second. Um, but I'm like, you know. That's I, fascinating. Novak. Listen, there's Roger and there's Rafa, right? And then there's, like, Novak's actually the greatest of all time. But he doesn't get the credit because Roger's such a fan favorite. Like, there's a great story of Roger going to the ATP tour offices in Europe. And he literally walks through and talks to everybody. Like, from the admin assistant to every single person. Hey, how you doing, Kelly? How you doing? You know, sh- you know every single person in there. It, it, it's really, it, it's just he's more, he, He's just more, no disrespect to Novak. Because yeah. I love watching Novak play. But he's not beloved yeah. like Nadal and, and, and Fed were. And Correct. I wonder if Alcaraz could be that next guy that we fall in love with collectively around the world. Yeah, I just want to shout out Kevin, our audio engineer, because he does a tremendous job. But I also didn't want him to think that I forgot about him. Behind the glass. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't want him to be like this Roger Federer wannabe back here trying to, you know, talk to Kelly, but doesn't mention me. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, no, but it, look, there's something to be said for that. Rafa's an intense guy. He, he just, I think what's hurt him a little bit is that he plays so hard. Yeah. Right? Like the, the toll on your body. Absolutely. And you sit there and say, well, the goal is to win. Yes. But you know what? Sometimes you got to let these 250 levels. He doesn't play in the 250 levels, but the 500, you let him go. I, I don't know. I look at some of these players. I, I think in golf, you know, we've. I don't know if you and I have had this conversation, but I've had this conversation with numerous people. What is the greatest job in professional athletics you could have? I, a baseball pitcher would be up there, tennis player, oh no. or golfer. Those golfer. are like the three best. Golfer, baby. I get to start off my year in Hawaii. Then I go to California, and then I go to Florida. You get, you, get, you get $40 million yeah. for sucking like David Price in baseball, okay? Let me tell you, David Price can spend the rest of his life in I Hawaii. I got arm trouble. I got physical ailments in baseball. Arm trouble? These guys don't pitch because they got a head nail. These, these, all these baseball, and, I'm sorry, these golfers and tennis players are independent contractors. You got to be in Cincinnati too often. I got to travel to cities I don't want to go to. I'm in Hawaii, Cali, Dude, well, first of all, I got to tell you, as a guy from the state I'm of Ohio. Scotland. Why are you dissing Hamilton County and the great people in Southwest sure, it's Ohio? It's lovely this yeah, time geez, of year. Dave, I cannot believe he just dissed the Western and Southern Open, I'm which insulted. is a. Tr- <laughs> I, what, what is going? On? I mean, where does this guy get the know, nerve? Ke- this from- guy's from Richmond, Virginia, and he's going to talk. He's going to talk about the natty. Kevin's from Cleveland. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. <laughs> Sam Weish. Well, I don't. I, I mean, come on, man. Cincinnati's not a bad town. Kings Island, one of the great I, amusement parks in the country. All I know about Cincinnati is I've been told Danny Graves, all-time uh, saves leader in the history of the Cincinnati Reds, Skyline Chili. That's all I was told about it. It's crap, right? It's basically crap. No, I can't get another one of these stupid chili arguments. I don't even I, I don't know. I've never even had it. I don't know. There's so yeah, much right. chili out there. Just seems but rude. people take offense over That's all I know. I know they get hot over be careful, yeah. And can I just give a quick update in hockey? Uh, Pasternak scores 3-1 Bs, but the reason why I bring that up to win the Rocket Richard, Connor McDavid is a minus $2 favorite. Pasternak is about plus 150 or so. And now Pasta's got 40 goals on the season, unless he scored one of the other two earlier. I'm going based on this being his only goal in the game today. So just paying attention to that one, because that's a bet I was looking at making. 
uh, because I think Pasternak's not going to play in as many important games because Boston's so far in front. Edmonton is going to need every game down the stretch. Look at you steering the Titanic away from the iceberg. Yeah, seriously. Our line yeah, is like, we're, we're, we're going on Skyline Chili and even all of a sudden. Well, because I like, don't even eat chili. I'm dead ahead. Uh, listen, I'm being selfish. I'm being selfish. I don't eat chili. I'm a vegetarian, so I can't comment on it. I think it's like, you know, when we talk about MMA, I can't comment on that. So I don't want to be insulting to people that may or may not be fans of uh, Skyline Chili. 3-1 Bruins, seven minutes to go. No, let's get back to this yeah. food conversation. Speaking of which, Dave, you lived in Chicago. What's your spot that you go to in Chicago? Okay, that's first phenomenal? of all, I, and this is going to, they're going to pull my Chicago card out. What do you put on years. a dog? What do you put on a dog? Okay, the Chicago dogs are good. They're not great. Like, I don't need all the stuff on it. I don't need all the peppers and all this. So, like, and, and look, Chicago, I, I like your pizza. It's pizza. It ain't New York, baby. Oh. It's I, just not. So, look. I don't think I, it's pizza. Different. It's a different meal. But I enjoy it. It's like a cardboard box of dessert of pizza is what it is. Okay. I, I got to tell you, anybody, whenever they say, oh, the pizza's like New York, I get oh, no, highly no, no, offended. No. There are two things that are li- not like New York. Unless you're importing the water from New York. Your pizza and your bagels are not the same. No. New York pizza's got to be a $3 betting favorite for the best pizza in the country. It's not even on the board. You can't bet it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, are you kidding me? How it's about the even... St. Louis people that bring their crappy pizza into the conversation? You heard this? No, by the way, that's a t- yeah, direct shot at Tyler. Wow. That's it. And, and, <laughs> and CM Punk, who's also, uh, he's a Chicago guy. So he had this contest. CM Punk was talking about St. Louis pizza versus Chicago pizza. Like, he's a die in the vine for, for Chicago I, pizza. I believe like, I've heard of New Haven pizza, too, uh, recently in recent years. Like, that's a that? thing. Yeah, like, like Connecticut. Yeah. Connecticut's throwing yeah. their hat in the ring? Yeah, they got pizza. Yeah. So, Dude, listen, the, the sitting there comparing Chicago pizza and St. Louis pizza is like saying, which are the better series for, I mean, cities for tourism? San Salvador? Or, or I mean, like, Mogadishu? I mean, nobody's going to these places for pizza. I'm with you. So, look, St. Louis, I'm sure it's wonderful. You're not in the conversation. You're not in the betting market. There is no conversation. Off the board. It is NYC all day, every day. Let me tell you, when I go to New York, I'll be there like, I don't know, let's say I'm there for four or five days. All my family's in New York. I'll have like four or five meals. Like my cousins know, like, doesn't matter where we're going to eat. He's just eating pizza. Like, yeah, we're going to, no, no, no. He's getting pizza. Like, as soon as I come we're in. We're getting a pie. We're getting a pie. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you just can't. I, I, well, I find that offensive that people would even compare that. It takes me to the great show, The Office, where Michael Scott, of course, Steve Carell, where okay. he says when he's in New York, <laughs> I got to get authentic Italian, and he's at Sbarro. <laughs> I had a, you know, I was in Atlanta at, Jack, at Jackson Hartsfield one time. I'm in line. This is like 20 years ago, and the, coming through the line, the guy goes seven bucks. I go seven bucks. I go if you're gonna rob me, at least have the courtesy to use a gun. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? Seven dollars for a slice? It's like a, strip prices. But it, like a new, a good, a good slice of New York style pizza. What would you pay? What would I pay? Yeah. Uh, that's one of the few things I'd overpay for in life. So you'd pay the seven bucks for that, for a slice. Oh, I got criticized. We went to a Yankee game one time. I didn't get a slice. A friend of mine goes, well, how you cheap? He goes, you didn't get a slice. It was like five bucks. I go, dude, I need eight slices to fill me up. I eat the whole pie by myself. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm not wasting four or five bucks on a, when I need to, I, I need another seven slices. Dave, like, I, you, Dave, I'd pay the same price that I pay at uh, a ball's buddy's place at Caesars. Uh, that's, uh, that's really good, too. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, at a, at a Yankee game in the 90s, old Yankee Stadium, right? Hey. I, I haven't been to the new one yet. Yeah. There was a rain delay. It was, there, it was White Sox, Yankees, Frank Thomas era. And uh, everybody that was had the really good seats, back then the old Yankee Stadium, they would go back to the covered up place over the awnings. Yeah. So they would get rained on. And a classic New Yorker just goes, hey, 
If I can't go down there, they can't come back here. <sighs> and everybody starts cheering. That's New York City. That's baseball. And they're like, they don't want the rich people up front to come back and now get the cover for the cheap seats underneath the awnings. By the way, you get fair pricing, though, up at DeMarco's. He owns the same place at DeMarco's. So you're good up in uh, <laughs> Summerlin off uh, uh, Charleston. I, I promise we're going to talk NBA when we come back. Oh, this is more interesting. <laughs> we're coming back. Who's in? Who's out for the playoffs? Next here on Big Bets. Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the sports betting network. As basketball and hockey seasons continues, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay, Bet and Get Weekly Pro Basketball Bet and Gets, and much more. Check out BetRivers.com. Download the Bet Rivers app. It is a whole new ball game back alongside of Marshall Dave Ross here wrapping up this edition of big bets we mentioned off the top uh, in hour number one of course that the big news in the NBA look trade deadlines come and gone we knew Russell Westbrook would end up somewhere looks like he's ending up in LA with the Clippers so he's not even doesn't have to change locations for Russ which is good for the moving or lack thereof but now you look at the clip joint I know a lot of people really like the Clippers potentially does this move anything for you at all in the evaluation of what the Clippers have done pre and post trade deadline. Not really. Uh, I actually like the acquisition of Bones Highland. Yeah, Bones Highland. DCU now. Yeah. Um, he just, he, to me, he's a terrific defender, almost 90% from the free throw line. I, look, I'm not, I'm not acting like Bones Highland, some guy who's going to come in and give you a 20 and 10. Yeah. But it's the role players and guys that come off the bench that are going to be crucial. We know what PG is going to give you, we know what Kawhi is going to do. It's the other guys that are important to the success of your team. And I think. That's going to be crucial. Can Russell Westbrook contribute in a way that it looks beneficial? Remains to be seen. But if he does, you know, it's something to pay attention to. It's one of those things, and again, I remember having the debate when Carmelo was bouncing around a little bit when he tried the Houston stuff and the OKC stuff, and it was like, well, now he's got to accept a different role. Some guys are like, and then he, he kind of, Portland, everything changed again, you know, for a great all-time player. Russell Westbrook's going to the Hall of Fame, people. And he should. I mean, he, he kind of reimagine what a triple-double meant. It almost was like he was so proficient at it, it downgraded it, which I don't think is fair to Russell Westbrook and what he did in his prime. But he's a legit Hall of Famer. I don't think anybody's ever going to, I hope, don't debate that. So we can't lessen what he actually accomplished. But now, how do you get Russell Westbrook to buy in to being a guy who's not triple-double Russell Westbrook anymore? And to your point, people may have forgotten he led the league in scoring twice. Right? LeBron's led the league in scoring once. Think of that. Russ has done it twice. And people have to hammer Russell Westbrook. And I get it. I understand that. Because now, you know, they got they they got collages of, like, his bricks side of the back. Yeah, he's struggling to shoot the basketball, right? But this guy, in his heyday, was as prolific an offensive player and, again, reinvented what the triple-double meant. Uh, he was a dominant force. Not, but he, he's not that guy anymore is the problem. Not only that, I think his first five years in the league, he played every game. Right, like you don't you don't get that anymore. And then no. even even a couple of years he had a couple of injuries. Then he still played 80, 81, 80 games. 
I don't think you can question his durability or his his effort. I, I think that's a great compliment to the player. Anytime you can sit there and say, well, you're not worried about this person's effort. I'll be rooting I, for him to have success with the Clippers. I think that, I mean, I think you just hit you just hit the nail on the head right there, Bo. It's, it's the, you have to ask him, if he wants to win a championship, you want to win a ship here, you got to dial it back a bit. What you're used to doing and going 100%, How do going do zero to 60, I need you to not care about shooting your threes. Mm-hmm. I need you to not care about having the ball as much and attacking the rim. I need you to distribute and get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George open shots. Co- and that's co- going to be the biggest challenge. Oof, I need you to be a point guard. Without turning the ball over. A right. couple things. When Russ was in Oklahoma City and he had the ball at the top of the key, particularly on the left side, and he would dribble drive through the center and just attack that rim. Bucket or line every time. Oh, It, it was so much fun to watch. Um, do you think, though, for a player like Russell Westbrook, you mentioned he's a Hall of Famer. There's no question about it. But And by the way, you want to see a great Russell Westbrook highlight? I always said this is the play that Cho made Sam Presti draft Russell Westbrook, the dunk he had at Cal. Oh, man. Just watch that play on YouTube if you haven't seen it. But do you think a guy like Russell, who's a league MVP, a former superstar in this league, winning a championship kind of like in a Michael Finley style with the Spurs, is it the same oh, thing for a guy point. who's not the man on the team? Because to me, when I look at Russ – you go, he probably should have won a championship based on his talent. Yeah. And he should have been one of the two main guys on those teams. At this point in time, whatever team he's on, he is not one or two. Nine totally. to one. But, I, I, mean that, I mean, that's what he's got here, right? He chose to sign with the Clippers, so I think he's choosing to be okay with that kind of role. Well, also, know. to Dave's point, he goes to the same workplace, right? He doesn't have to They're move. Nine to move. Yeah. They're nine to one to win the chip right now, uh, Clippers. And again, they got rid of John Wall, who was – you thought was supposed to be what we're asking Russell Westbrook to do. That didn't work out, right? They, they got rid of Reggie Jackson, another guy that maybe – I liked Reggie. Right? So Me they, too. They, they moved on from a couple of veteran point guards to, to have this spot open for Russell. So, so that, that, that's the interesting part to me. Did they get better by getting rid of Wall and Jackson and bringing in Russell Westbrook and Bones Highland? I think, the, I think that the wider range of abilities that Eric Gordon and Bones Highland provide – Yes, I think when you talk about the playoffs, makes this team better. Um, I'm a little concerned, though. I, I, I just, I don't, I, I, I literally think Russell Westbrook could make the difference either to a positive or a negative on this Clippers. That's the and problem. It's, you don't know what the effect. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's going to be a negative, and here's why. Because if he is, you just don't play him. It, that, and that's where I, what I think they will do is utilize him a lot in the regular season, and I would not be shocked at all if he falls out of the rotation in the playoffs. Amal, you brought it up at the beginning. When you get, I mean, when you get in the playoffs, you're looking for that 8-9 deep, and you need to be 8-9 deep. But he's going to – there's too many good players on this team. I mean, they're still going to play – you're still going to play Gordon. You're playing play Bones Highland. Norm Powell, who's hurt right now, which we got to talk about because this does affect the sixth man of the year. Yes, odds. it does. Someone asked me about this today. I mean, it sounds like Russ is going to start. Um, and anyways, he's not going to get the same run that Norm Powell gets. Norm Powell is one of the best scorers off the bench and elite defenders in the league. A very elite defender. He Plus, will he, no Norman Powell. He yeah. will continue to be. He will continue to play and get the attention. I think of the voters when it comes to this award. So I actually think these odds are pretty appropriate right now. And I wouldn't, if you're like me and you have a Norm Powell ticket, I wouldn't be too concerned over this. But you're talking about in the playoffs. You're going to play Batum. You're going to play Norman Powell. You're going to play Eric Gordon. You're going to play Terrence Mann. You're going to play Bones Highland. So I don't really know where Russ fits in here. Eighth man of the year. Could you give that to Russell at plus eight fifty? I have a question for you. I, I like Powell a lot. Uh, but why is Tyrese Maxey overlooked in this? Mm, plus four. He's four to one right now. Oh, I, I, I think he's right there. 
Well, the, the odds don't reflect that. So, I think so, Tyrese Maxey okay, is a terrific so the, player. The, the, the problem right now with betting Tyrese Maxey and uh, not Russell Westbrook and Jordan Poole, you got to be very careful with this where you got to count how many starts they've made. Ooh, so the only it. way these guys, and this will happen to Jordan Poole, so I, I'm a little. I don't. I don't think we're. I don't know how you handle this with with books, Amal. It's a it's a PSA out there. Jordan Poole has about five more starts left before he takes himself out of qualification for this award. All you have to do is play more games off the bench than you do starting to qualify for this award. He will most likely not end up qualifying for this award. So I, I'd almost wish like books would take him off the board, buddy. You know, it's you just got to be careful out there if you're betting. Maxie's kind of in a. He could hit that uh, that point too. But it, but at least seventy to one, by the way, for Jordan Poole. But at least Kelly, there's criteria. Yeah, exactly. We've got criteria, right? So like, well, hell yeah. Thank goodness, because again, a lot of these voted on awards, there's no criteria. There's no standard. So at least you've got a baseline, as Kelly just laid out there, before you make these wagers here for sixth man of the year, and just know like, this dude might not even be eligible. So don't burn a ticket on Jordan Poole at seventy to one, even though you think he might be the best guy off the bench because he's not. He potentially might not qualify to win the set award. So Maxi has played thirty-eight games this year and started in twenty-two of them. Oh, he so, started too many games. Yeah. So you're already at that point. You're already at threshold. Yeah. Yeah. I want to switch gears here real quick. Well, we got a couple minutes left. Kelly, who do you like to win this title? Milwaukee Bucks. Still. Milwaukee Bucks won, Boston Celtics two. I honestly, Philadelphia might be three. I think the West, the West is very wide open right now. In the East, there's only a few teams that are going to come out of there. And I like the I like the teams in the East. To Kelly's point, by the way, Bucks six to one, Nuggets at eight to one. We're not talking about that. Like I don't I don't look at that number at eight to one. I don't see that as being good value. I think the Bucks are the best bet, and here's why. Um, they are at six to one, Dave. They, I agree with you on the Nuggets point you just made about 8-1. to one. It's not high enough. No. Milwaukee gets to the conference finals. You can bet Boston. They're going to be a slight favorite, probably minus a quarter, maybe minus 30, 35 against Milwaukee, depending on who's got home court advantage. If Milwaukee finds a way. You know, the, the All-Star break came at a terrible time for the Bucs. Terrible. They've won 12 in a row. I mean, this team has been absolutely on fire. Um, well, and, and Giannis going to New York today for further testing on his uh, wrist. I would assume... It's not a big deal based off of that we saw him even take the court in the All-Star game, but he did check out after about 20 seconds, and he's going to New York today for more testing. So I had to get him out there. I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know him all. It, it, we were talking to some futures earlier today. I, six to one, I'd rather play a shorter price than the Bucks when I get closer to the playoffs and know that Giannis Antetokounmpo, the best player in the world, is healthy. Yeah, and by the way, you needed Giannis in Salt Lake City. There's, there. there's not a better ambassador for the sport. Be, yes, 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 yes. He's, but I mean, to get on the court. Yeah. Oh, that's, listen, he's the best player in the world, and he's the best ambassador for the game. Agreed. And by the way, to your point about if Russell wins it in L.A., I think if, like, Gary Payton won it with Miami, at least GP was contributing, right? But I think, like, Sonics, Lakers didn't get yeah. a chip there, but he got one in Miami. Still I forgot counts, about that. Right? The glove. Fun show, as always. Thanks to Kelly. Kevin, behind the glass. We'll see you tomorrow right here. Big bets on these. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. 
the hottest games right from Vegas, and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality, high quality and immersive sound, a sleek design. All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro series has all of those and the Roku streaming experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. Hello. I'm Dr. Michael Mosley, and I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have, hardwired, inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.